back. This is Puckin' Around with Pave on KCOU.FM. My name's Garrett Pave. Back in the studio with you guys this morning. It is a beautiful Saturday morning here in Columbia, Missouri. A warm 20 degrees outside. Feels a whole lot better than a couple weeks ago when it was in the negatives, but I am so excited to be back in the studio with you guys today. A great week of NHL action last week and an even better NHL slate this week. Going to break it all down with you guys, give you some previews, give you some recaps, even throw in some new stuff today. Can't go wrong either way. Actually, a big week in the NHL this weekend, actually. It is the NHL Outdoor Series at Lake Tahoe. As most of you might know, the NHL every year does some sort of outdoor game, usually the Winter Classic or they'll do an outdoor game maybe in Boston, New York. They decided to switch it up this year. They figured, you know what? Because we can't do fans, let's do something really exotic. And they came through in a massive, massive way. They get there will be two games this weekend played over at Lake Tahoe in Nevada. The Colorado Avalanche will take on the Vegas Golden Knights. And the Philadelphia Flyers will take on the Boston Bruins. Going to be a couple of great games. Definitely ones I'll be tuning into on NBC Sports. Going to get our weekend off on the right foot. But again, I'm Garrett Pave. This is a puck around with Pave. So excited to be back with you guys. Our fifth week. Hard to believe we've already been going for five weeks. You know, time flies and you're having a good time. This week we will be not having a guest speaker on air. So you know what? That means you get to listen to me even more. I know. You're so excited. But anyway, let's go ahead and jump right on in. Going to cover a couple of games from this past week. And we had some really, really good ones. Some surprising ones, too. <clears throat> the first one I want to talk about, though, the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning in action on Monday, February 15th. The Panthers a 6 to 4 victory to take the weekend's to take the weekend victory 2 to 1 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. A huge win for the Panthers. The goals for them came from Jonathan Huberdeau, Owen Tippett, Frank Vitrano, Anthony Duclair, Alexander Barkov and Antoine Strauman. <clears throat> and for the Lightning, Steven Stamkos, Alexander Volkov had two and Tyler Johnson. This was a really big game for both these teams. The Panthers won the first game 5-2. And the Lightning came back and won 6-1. So it was kind of the third game, you know, hey, who's going to break even? Who's going to break the tie? And the Florida Panthers, arguably the hottest team in the entire league, came through in a massive, massive way and delivered a big blow to the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team right now who is kind of floundering. They're, they're looking for themselves after this really hot start, and they haven't been playing to the top of their level recently. So Florida got the best of them in that game. A huge win for the Panthers. One they so desperately needed this season. And again, this is the Florida team that I've talked about all year long on the show. They're showing out and they're getting scoring from a lot of different guys. You look at some of the names I mentioned. Okay, you have Huberdo and Barkoff. Those are the two really big name guys. Owen Tippett. You don't hear him much. Frank Vitrano. You don't hear him much. Anthony Duclair, his first goal of the season. This is a guy that has been very, very successful in the NHL this season, off to a fairly rocky start, but finally finding his role with the Florida Panther offense, giving the Panthers more depth scoring that they need if they're going to continue to make a deep run this year. And they're showing really promising signs right now. Look, Sergey Bobrovsky, I would say he's still not where he needs to be, I think, from last week to this week. It, there hasn't been, you know, much of a difference. But look, right now, they're getting the job done on defense and offense where they need to. I think even when Bobrovsky's not playing well, the defense makes up for it. Now, they're blocking a lot of shots. They're creating chances for their offense, which is really the reason this team is where they're at. So again, a massive, massive victory for the Florida Panthers. A 6-4 to four victory, one they most desperately needed to continue their race as in the top of the league. Moving on now, Sunday, February 14th, a huge game here, one of the only games, the Pittsburgh Penguins, a 6-3 victory over the Washington Capitals. The goals in this game for Pittsburgh came from Brian Rust. He had two, Brandon Tanev, Jake Ginsel, Zach Aston-Reese, and Sidney Crosby. And for the Capitals, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Jacob Verana, and Nicholas Backstrom, a scoring barrage from the Pittsburgh Penguins, the two-time Stanley Cup champions from a few years ago. 
And they're also picking their pace up, too, this year. I'll be honest, a slow start fairly for the Pittsburgh Penguins, sitting right at about 500, but a massive 6-3 victory over a Washington Capitals team that has actually been performing this year well under first-year head coach Peter Laviolette. Of course, the former National Predator head coach took his talents over to Washington and has actually done really, really well with a stacked Capitals roster. But again, this is an Eastern division that is really, really talented this year. And you look at some of these teams like Pittsburgh and Washington, Pittsburgh at 7-5-1, and one, Washington at 6-4-3. and three. These records are not like the, the most outstanding thing in the world. But this division is so tough that each night, in and out, any team can win on a given night. And that's why I think in this division in the East, you're not going to see two or three teams that have a crazy amount of points, right? Because every team is just really solid. You look at Boston, Philadelphia. Of course, I think Buffalo is the exception. They are floundering this year. They're trying to find themselves. But again, Washington, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, New Jersey. I mean, they these teams could all come out and beat each other on a given night. I think that's why this win is so significant for Pittsburgh. Again, 6-3. to They're showing their goal-scoring ability, and they're showing they can beat anybody, too, on a given night. Sidney Crosby still playing at a high level. I'll get into it in a little bit. A lot of talk circulating this Pittsburgh team as a potential Evgeny Malkin trade at some point this season, looking to ship off a veteran to get a younger player in. Who knows? All speculation. But, hey, that's why I'm here, to give you guys some speculation, give you guys some rumors in the NHL business. But a huge 6-3 victory for the Pittsburgh Penguins, one they needed, and for the Washington Capitals look to get back on track this upcoming week. Moving on now to our next game, only a couple more left. And this one, you cannot talk about NHL action this week without talking about this game. The Ottawa Senators defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs 6-5 to in overtime. It was Ottawa's fourth win of the entire season, and they came out firing today, or actually, should I say last Monday, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The goals in this game for Ottawa, Drake Batherson, Nick Paul, our team Zub, Connor Brown, and Evgeny Dadunov had two. As for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews had two. Travis Boyd, Pierre Ingeval, and Joe Thornton all had one. And here's what's so significant about this game. Well, first of all, it's a massive win, right? It's one that Ottawa they have been searching for any sign of hope, and this is what they needed, a massive 6-5 to five victory in overtime. But what's so significant is Ottawa was down 5-1 to one in the second period. 5-1. to one. Let me go and give you a recap. Matthews scored first, then Travis Boyd, so a 2-0 start. Drake Batherson made it a one-goal game. Then you have Ingvall, Thornton, and Matthews again. So it's 5-1 with a minute left in the second period. Well, with nine seconds left, Nick Paul makes it a 5-2 game, and all of a sudden in that third period, they exploded offensively. Zub scored 41 seconds into the third. Connor Brown scored with 15 minutes, and then Evgeny Dadnoff with just two minutes left on the clock. Tie this game at five before he ended up scoring the game-winning goal as well. Evgeny Dadunov, six goals in the season, has really been a good addition for the Senators team. A guy they can look to build from. But this is such a big win for Ottawa. It's a big confidence builder, too. Because, as we know, they have just been really, really bad this year. I'm not going to lie. It has been a tough season if you're an Ottawa fan. I think this, though, is the light to look for as, hey, we can really build off of this, right? There has been nothing going right for us, but now we're starting to see our point production, right? And we beat, in my opinion, one of the best teams in the entire league. So for Ottawa, it's a massive win. It's more than just a victory in my book. It's one you can look to as, hey, we can do this, right? We have the potential to be good, but when can all the pieces fit in? I think that was a really good showing for Ottawa. You know, you probably would have liked to let up less than five goals, but hey, it's okay. You got the job done. A huge win. And last but certainly not least, one more game I'm going to give you guys a little recap on. A fairly disappointing game for myself, I have to admit. On Thursday, the Nashville Predators fell 3 nothing to the Columbus Blue Jackets, continuing a trend of suffering for the Nashville Predators. But for Columbus, 
a massive victory for them and a really tough Central Division one they needed the goals in this game for Columbus. Cam Atkinson, Max Domi, and Eric Robinson. And, of course, for Nashville, they did not have a goal scorer in that game. A frustrating showing for the Nashville Predators. But for the Columbus Blue Jackets, a team that's sitting right at about 500. They came into this game against a Nashville team that had beat them twice this year. And they made a big-time statement with a 3-0 victory. How about this? Elvis Merzlinkis, a massive game for him. 32 saves on 32 shots. His first shutout of the season. And for Nashville, again, another continued trend. A struggling UC Soros. 19 saves on 21 shots and an empty net goal for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And for Nashville, the offensive production is just not there right now. The defense gave the team a chance, actually, to win this game. I'll be honest. I I have to admit, I watched this game. And the defense gave Nashville a chance to win this game but they just couldn't put anything in the back of the net. I think right now the only player who is providing a consistent offensive spark is Philip Forsberg. And beyond that right now, there's really nobody that can create their own offense and make a play, and that's hurting Nashville. Of course, Ryan Johansson is still out week to week with an injury, not helping them offensively right now. But Nashville, you want to talk about floundering. This is a team that is now sitting fourth to last in the entire league. They're second to last in the Central Division. They're taking advantage of Detroit just being really down this year. But this is a Nashville team that you got to watch out because if they don't start winning now, they're going to finish top, you know, bottom two, which honestly might be a good thing, all things considered. I know Mr. Cartilia and I were on last week on Pucking Around with Pave, and he had mentioned, you know, maybe you blow this roster up, get a couple first-round draft picks. I think as if you're Nashville, that is the best-case scenario at this point. Hey, this is not our season, right? Blow it up, get some picks, sign some guys in free agency, get some young talent, and let's start from scratch, right? This roster a few years ago, and still is, very talented. But the pieces aren't connecting. There's a misdivide with the play right now, and that is what's hurting this team so desperately. But I can't take away from a massive 3-0 victory for the Columbus Blue Jackets one they needed in this Central Division to continue their push for the playoffs this year. Again, still early in the season, but it's never too early to look forward to the playoffs. A huge win for Columbus, one they need in the Central Division. Those were just a few games from this past week I thought were really noticeable. We had a lot of scoring. That's a big trend. We had some good goaltending, too. So you can't overlook all that stuff. Now, real quick, some noticeable performances from the past week, one from each division, as I do each and every week. From the Central Division, Brock McGinn, the Carolina Hurricanes forward, tallied two goals and two assists in a 7-3 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. In the Eastern Division, Brian Russ for the Pittsburgh Penguins, two goals and one assist in a massive 6-3 victory over the Washington Capitals. In the West, how could you not talk about Mark Andre Fleury? A 30 save shutout against the Colorado Avalanche. The high flying Colorado Avalanche, a team that is known for scoring, could not beat Fleury on that given night. Again, a 30 save shutout for him. And in the West, or sorry, in the North, might I add, Austin Matthews, two goals against the Ottawa Senators. On February 18th, Thursday, a big game for him and a 7-3 victory over the Ottawa Senators. And now it's time for my Freak of the Week. Again, I give this out every week to a player who shows the most incredible performance, not just from one game, but over the entirety of a whole week. And this week's a little bit different. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'd be lying if I told you it's going to be like every other week I've had the Freak of the Week given out. I have chosen to give the Freak of the Week not to a player, but to a team. And this week, I had given the freak of the week to none other than the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers have been one of the most surprising stories in the entire NHL this season. But this past week is when they really, really showed out. They scored 17 goals in just three games. Yeah. You heard me right. 17 goals in three games. They had six against Tampa, four against Carolina, 
and seven against Detroit. They're playing Detroit tonight again, and my guess is they'll probably put up five or six again. This is a team that is scoring like nobody's business. They scored 17. They gave up nine, which is a little more than you would want to in three games. But in today's day and age in the NHL, where scoring is just second nature, what a performance this week. 17 goals is unheard of in three games. They also went 3-0 and in that span, again, being the Lightning 6-4, the Hurricanes 4-3 in overtime, and the Detroit Red Wings 7-2. So Florida, congratulations to this team. Look, they are sitting second in the league right now behind only Toronto, and they are getting hot right now. They're scoring well. They're defending well. Their only real bad loss has come at the hands of Detroit 4-1 last week. Otherwise, they have played a clean season, and they look to continue dominating this year. So congratulations, the Florida Panthers, my freak of the week for this week. A huge performance from them. And now moving on, going to hit a couple discussion points before doing a couple new segments I think you guys might like. I'm actually going to do a discussion session before hitting a break, and then we'll do our new segment. So our first point is... What is up with the league-leading Toronto Maple Leafs? What has led them to be so dominant this season? Toronto is sitting, of course, first in the league with 28 points. The Florida Panthers trailing close behind with 24. The Panthers have played three less games, but nonetheless, a huge season so far for the Maple Leafs. And I would be lying if I said I didn't see this coming for some years. This is a Maple Leafs team that is built to win. You know, actually, the first time I really saw this Maple Leafs act, this Maple Leafs team in action was three years ago. I was actually doing an internship with the Nashville Predators, and we got to catch a Predators-Maple Leafs game. And we're sitting there watching this game, and the speed of Toronto was so evident. And this was the era of Mitchell Marner, Austin Matthews, and William Nylander. So we get to see these players in action. From the moment that puck dropped, you could see how utterly dominant that Toronto team was. Nashville went on to lose the game 5-1. It it wasn't even close. Toronto piled it on the Predators. Frederick Anderson, a phenomenal goaltending performance from him. But that was the first time I really got to see them play live and go, yep, this team is going to be something special once they come together. The city of Toronto has wanted a successful hockey team for as long as I can remember, right? They've been decent every year. They've had some years where they made the playoffs and they get skunked and they lose in the first round. This team is different. They've got scoring from all over the ice. You look at their top three point leaders right now, Mitchell Marner with 27, Austin Matthews with 25, and John Tavares with 16. I mean, you look at William Nylander, hasn't even really played that well. He's got 14 points, but hasn't turned it on to that next level yet. But Mitchell Marner has been the gold star this year so far for the Toronto Maple Leafs, has been dominant, has given them the scoring they needed. But I think this team is gelling at the right time. Look, they've had this roster for quite some time now. Austin Matthews has been in the league four or five years now. Mitchell Marner, same thing. He's been on this team three years. John Tavares, a fairly new acquiree from the New York Islanders, just two years now, been on the roster, but has fit in beautifully with this team. And same thing with William Nylander. Of course, a lot of controversy a couple of years ago, whether he would play or not. He's there. They have the core pieces to win a Stanley Cup this year. On paper, you'd go, yep, this is the team. Who's going to beat them? They're going to win the Cup. But this is the NHL. Anything can happen on any given day, as all of us NHL fans do very well know. I would say, though, the reason I would be very optimistic about watching this team play late into the playoffs is not their scoring from Austin Matthews and Mitchell Marner and that depth scoring from Jason Spezza and Zach Hyman. It's the goaltending. Frederick Anderson, of course, I named him my freak of the week a couple weeks ago. Frederick Anderson is so dominant this season he has quite honestly been in my opinion one of the most if not the most impressive goaltender look his stats do not jump off the paper at you but what jumps off at me 
is the fact that he has started 15 of the 18 games and is still playing at a high level. This season he is 10 and 3. He's actually at 10 and 3. His goals against is 267. His save percentage 905. So again, this is not like a you know 975 save percentage with you know 1.2 goals against average where you're looking at oh my gosh, this is Vesna Trophy finalist material. I don't think this is Vesna Trophy finalist material, but I don't think that matters. I think the fact he can go in and play 15 of 18 games and play at a high level and win the way he's winning is impressive upon itself. I think that's what separates Toronto right now. In the NHL, we know goaltending is a virtue, and it is hard to come by. Nashville is facing that right now. You see Saros struggling. They're having to rotate him and Pecorine, who is now 38 years old, and they're struggling. They are. The Florida Panthers, one of the best teams. I think the Florida Panthers, where this comes to bite them late in the season, is the potential downplay of Sergei Bobrovsky. So you look at these great teams. Great teams have good goaltending. And I think that's where Toronto separates themselves right now as the number one team is the play of Frederick Anderson. Now, of course, it's hard to overlook his team around him, how well they're playing and go, oh, it's all Frederick Anderson. Because it's not. Let's be honest. It's not. But he is the reason they're winning. He is where all of this starts. Without Frederick Anderson, this team is not first in the league. They don't have 28 points if he's not their star goaltender. And what's promising, too, is when he's not playing, look at the guy behind him, Jack Campbell. He's played in two games this year. He has two wins. He's a 2.0 goals against average and 9.23 save percentage. So, of course, his sample size is not gigantic, but he's played two games, and he's played those two games well. So for Toronto, you've got a guy in Frederick Anderson who can come in night in and night out and dominate the ice, but you've also got a guy in Jack Campbell who has proven in a couple games he can win, and he can play at a high level. I just think this Toronto team is so well built this year. I think they have the pieces, and they are showing it thus far this season. So again, I had to talk about them for a little bit. Toronto, a massive, great start to the season so far. They're getting production from all over the place, and the goaltending has been fantastic for them. Moving on now, one or two more discussion points before we hit a break. And this one also involves the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it is the debate over who is the best team in the league right now, at least my debate, the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Florida Panthers. And this is one I absolutely love talking about. The Maple Leafs, 28 points in the league. The Panthers, 24 points in the league. Toronto has played three more games than the Florida Panthers, so you could argue that, hey, what if Florida wins their next three games? They'll jump into first. That is very true. Of course, Florida has gotten the short end of the stick with a couple of postponements thus far this year. Look to get those rescheduled and get back on track. But this is a really interesting debate, in my opinion, right? It's who, you know, which team is going to be better in the end. And it's hard to tell. It's hard right now for me to sit here and tell you guys, This is who's going to be better at the end of the season. This is who's going to win the Stanley Cup. It's hard. I don't know. I have seen so many surprises in my life when it comes to the NHL. I couldn't tell you. But this is a fun one. And I think this is one I could talk about for hours, really. Let me start by saying, in my opinion right now, the best team in the league is the team sitting atop the league, and that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think right now... They're hot, and they have all of their pieces playing well together. I have talked all year about the struggles of Sergei Bobrovsky, and that is where I think the Florida Panthers are lacking right now. If he steps up and becomes the goaltender we all know him to be, then I'm kind of saying, okay, this Florida Panthers team might end up being number one. But right now, it all goes back to goaltending. And Frederick Anderson is significantly outplaying Sergei Bobrovsky right now. I think this Florida Panthers team has the ability to score with anybody in the league on any given night. They don't have these flashy 27-point guys like the Maple Leafs do, but they have a lot of consistent play. 
Jonathan Huberdeau, 22 points. Alexander Barkov, 18. Patrick Hornquist, 15 points. Connor Verhaeg, 13 points. And Keith Dando with 12. Actually, funny enough, just got a text from my uncle, a Hugh Michael Chuck, a huge Nashville Predators fan, texted me and said, can the Panthers loan the Predators some goals this season? I could not agree more with that statement and that question. The Panthers getting a whole lot of scoring, and I'm not going to lie. I would love for them to donate some goals to us, if I'm being completely honest. Just had to throw that out. A quick shout out to my uncle. Again, a Nashville Predators super fan listening in this morning. I think he, just like all of us, wants some more production from the Nashville Predators, and we are all wondering where can we get that from. Just a quick side note. Had to give him a quick shout out. Back into it, though. But, yeah, this is a comparison between two teams that are the most hot in the NHL right now. They are. And they're just they're showcasing that they're all-around hockey teams, right? They're not just good in one facet. No. They're good in practically every facet. But you can't, you know, you have to look between the lines and realize right now who is the hotter team, and that's Toronto. And it's the goaltending. And I do think that Florida, you know, as much as I've talked about their depth scoring, I I do think they're going to have to establish some more consistent players going forward. You've got Huberto and Barkoff who are consistently scoring, and they're getting good depth from beyond that first line. But you look at the point totals, you've got a lot of guys sitting at two, three, five, six points. So not a crazy amount like, you know, 20 and 30 and like like Toronto does. So can Florida get some more guys up in the 10, 15, 20 level? I think it's interesting. You know, you look at years ago, and this is me as a National Predators fan remembering this moment. I remember years ago, actually in that playoff run, that season, Nashville had an NHL record for most players above 10 goals. Nashville, their MO was not having 40, 50 goal scores. It was a lot of guys having 10, 15, 20 goals a year. I think that's what this Florida Panthers team is going to be. And if it's not, it's what they need to be. They're not going to live off having Barkoff, Huberto, scoring 40 goals apiece because they've never been that in their career. They are 20, 30 goal scorers surrounded by guys who need to score 10, 15 goals. Now, luckily for you, Florida Panther fans, they have what it takes, and they're showing that so far. When you're scoring seven, six goals a game, You're doing something right. Florida has found that recipe, and they're executing it to perfection right now. I think they're going to continue to do so. Aaron Ekblad has got five goals this season. He's a defenseman who has really stepped into the scene and has been dominant this year. Anthony Duclair, he's a guy I am waiting to explode. He has two goals. I know he is way better than just two goals. I know Panthers fans know he is better than just two goals. We've seen him do that before. So for Florida, look, I think right now, I'll be honest, I think Toronto is the best team in the league. I do. I think they're sitting at one. I think they're sitting at one deservedly so. But Panthers fans, don't worry. The potential is there. And just all you have to do is look at the way Florida's playing. There is nothing right now that tells me Florida is going to slow down anytime soon. And it's funny because last week, I'm talking about Tampa Bay this, Tampa Bay that. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, They're eighth in the league. So right now, if you're a Florida fan, you're going, oh, yeah, we are dominating the state right now. Which, you know what, in some terms, is true. I would agree. I think they're playing better than Tampa. I think they are more, you know, chemically balanced in terms of their chemistry. I think they are. So again, this debate, I could go back and forth. I think the main point is right now, the goaltending is the reason that Toronto is above Florida. I do. I think if Sergei Bobrovsky picks it up, then we're talking about something different. But right now, I have to give the edge to Toronto. I am so excited. Look, these are two teams in two different divisions. I am excited to watch how this season plays out and, hey, Maybe we get a Toronto-Florida playoff or cup matchup. I don't know. Actually, it would be a playoff matchup because, actually, I don't. I think no, it would be a cup matchup because the Central Division and the North Division would match up in the cup. So, hey, 
Who knows? That would be a fun series to watch. But hey, like I said, these are two great teams in the league. I can't take away from any of what they've done this season. But the Toronto Maple Leafs would be my pick for number one. And one quick thing before we had a break. I have to give a shout out real quick to a player who I have been very, very hard on this year thus far. And that is Patrick Laine. Now, rightfully so, I have been a critic of Laine because of his actions off the ice. Right? And I think it's fair to say, okay, Garrett, I, I get where you're coming from. Because look, Laine, we we know the whole all the debate this year, right? I mean, he was in Winnipeg and it wasn't working out. So they traded him to Columbus for Pierre Luc Dubois and he got benched by Tortorella. It was a really rough going for Laine. He has figured it out, though. After getting benched, he had a goal and assist. Actually, no, he had an assist against Chicago. The next game against Chicago, he had a goal. And then he's had two assists recently. Look, these stats don't pop off the paper, right? They're not the Patrick Line we're used to. This is not a dominant showing of him. But he's improving. And his attitude is getting better. And that's what we like to see. Look, I never wish bad wimblings on any player. I was hard on him. But I hope he does well. I hope he settles in well with Columbus. And I think he is. I think he realized, wow, John Tortorella is, he has a mess around. This guy, well, he wants what he wants, and he gets it. So I had to mention that real quick. Patrick Laine, he has stepped up big time since that benching. Has tallied four points in four games. A point per game kind of guy. Actually has 10 points in nine games this season. So is still playing at a pretty consistent level despite not being, you know, maybe the 30 goal scorer, the 60 point per season kind of guy. But hey, he's finally figuring it out. He's stepping his game up. His attitude has changed. And look what's happening. Columbus is playing better. I think this Columbus success, I'm going to go on a bold take here. I think Columbus's success this year begins with Patrick Laine. Sure, he's not their, you could say, best player. I think Cam Atkinson is their best player on the roster right now. But I think Line, they're going to live and die by the success of Patrick Line. They need production from him if they're going to compete in this central division. And if they get it, whew, yet another scary team in this league and in this central division. So I had to give a quick shout out to my boy Patrick Line. Look, I've been hard, and I know I have. But he's finally picking his game up. Actually, almost had a Gordie Howe hat trick last week. A uh, fight and a goal. But I think he's stepping his game up. He is figuring the system out with John Tortorella in Columbus. So, hey, congratulations to him. I hope he continues to improve as the season goes on. As for here, we're going to hit a quick break. We've covered a few segments. We have some new segments coming up after the break. This is Pucking Around with Pave on KCOU.FM. I'll be back in just one second. Sit tight and get ready for more NHL news and action. I see your dirty face
sit through their favorite boy band with them. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Josh Bohm. I had the Josh Bohm Radio Fun Time program on KCOU from 2012 to 2016. I'm here to tell you to support KCOU. You'll make an old man in his 20s very happy. And we're back. And live, KCOU.FM. This is Puckin' Around with Dave. How about a little bit of Guns and Roses to start your morning on Saturday? Never a bad way to do it. Welcome to the jungle and welcome back to Puckin' Around with Dave. Again, this is on KCOU.FM. It's about 9.37 Central Time. We got a busy weekend of NHL action and a busy week of NHL action at that. Had a good start to the show thus far. We're going to get into a couple new segments this week. Again, each week I'm kind of testing around, you know, giving you guys some new stuff to look at. You know, going to give you some interesting stuff. Going to give you some of the old, also some with the new. So today, a couple new things. We're going to start with one. It's called Four Up, Four Down, in which I will discuss the four top teams in the league and the four bottom teams in the league. So let me start. The four top teams in the league right now, currently in the league. At one, the Toronto Maple Leafs. At two, the Florida Panthers. At three, the Carolina Hurricanes. And at four, the Boston Bruins. And sitting at the bottom, the 31st team, Ottawa Senators. The 30th, the Buffalo Sabres. The 29th, the Detroit Red Wings. And the 28th, the Nashville Predators. Those are the the top four teams and the bottom four teams. And you know what? There's There's a consistent theme with the teams that are sitting at the top and a consistent theme with the teams that are sitting at the bottom. The top teams, I've mentioned the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers all day so far. It's felt like it's been a show just for them because of how amazing they've been in this past week and this entire season. But Carolina and Boston, too. I think the similarity between all of these four teams right now is they're getting a lot of help from their youth right now. Carolina, especially a very very young team in this league thus far. A team that has also dealt with postponement issues and is head-to-head, pace-to-pace with the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs, haven't quite got that sample size 
that those two top teams have. Actually, the Panthers haven't either. The, the uh, Maple Leafs the only team with 18 games right now on top. But the, the Carolina Hurricanes, another really young team that has just been dominant so far this year, 11-3-1 on the year. Vincent Trocek has stolen the show for the Hurricanes, and it's hard to believe. Vincent Trocek, one of my favorite players in the entire league, he was once a Florida Panther. So when you thought that Panthers roster couldn't get much better, he was once a Panther. Got shipped over to Carolina. It, it made sense. It was, it was time for him to move on. But you know what? Still, he has been a great addition for this Hurricanes team. He leads the team with 15 points. He's actually tied with Jordan Stahl, both at 15 points on the year. Andre Sveshnikov, one of the best young players, 14 points. And Sebastian Ajo, also with 14 points. Two very, very young but talented players for the Carolina Hurricanes. And the goaltending. I will say the goaltending has been a little off and on this year. James Reimer is 8-1, so he's got a really good record. But he's got a 3.08 goals against and a .896 save percentage. So you look at Toronto, who's got a guy in Frederick Anderson who has been locked down this year. And then you got Carolina, who's got James Reimer. It's a little bit different for them, I will say. And this is why, again, I'm going to reinforce that point that good teams win because of good goaltending. Carolina is getting lucky right now, I will say. They're another team that is consistently scoring five, six goals a game. They're like Florida. I think they've got to get this goaltending right in order to make a deep run. I think it's funny. You look at you know Florida and Carolina right now trying to find that goaltending. But for Toronto and Boston, they got a pretty good established goaltending, I'll be honest. Of course, Boston, the veteran Tuka Rask, who has been really just, he's been so good this year for them. Right now, a 2-5-1 goals against and a 9-0-6 save percentage. And then the backup, Yaroslav Halak, I think has been more impressive. He's 4-1 on the season, a 1.66 goals against and a 9-2-8 save percentage. He has a good sample size, and he's playing well. He's showing he can play well and he can win. So I think Boston and Toronto, I think they're very similar in the sense that they have really good goaltending. I think Florida and Carolina are taking advantage of really good scoring, but the goaltending is not quite there. Now, that's not to say that Toronto and Boston aren't scoring well. I just think Florida and Carolina have so much youth on their roster, and they're getting scoring from literally everywhere. Heck, they're pulling guys off the fourth line, and they're scoring two goals a game. It's unbelievable. I don't think Boston's that team. I don't think Boston's going to come in and beat you with six goals. They're just going to wear you down. They're going to play good defense, and they're going to go 10 well. Brad Marsh and the leader on the team with 18 points, tied with Patrice Bergeron, both have 18. And the next guy down is Charlie McAvoy with 12. That's a six-point drop-off. That's a lot. That's a lot of point drop-off from the second guy to the third guy on the team. David Pasternak has only played in eight games this year, has 11 points. This is a guy I anticipate to have a massive second half of the season. Again, he has not played many games this year, but he has more than one point per game. Of course, he's got 11 and eight games. Look for him to absolutely explode and provide some really good scoring for this Boston team, and they need it. I talk about it every week, the talent of this Eastern Conference, Eastern Division. They're going to need this scoring later on because they have the goaltending, but it's, you know, can you score five goals a game when your goaltending's off? Toronto and Boston, of course, have a big big rivalry. If you watch the NHL, you know these two teams despise each other, and it's funny. Both sitting right atop the league right now, they will be fighting for that top league spot, but those four teams right now, I think you got two who've got really good goaltending. I think you got two who are benefiting from a lot of good scoring right now. I am excited to watch how each week that top four shifts around and changes in terms of points. Exciting to see, and for the bottom four, Pretty self-explanatory if you ask me right now on the bottom, of course. Ottawa sitting dead last in the league, followed by the surprising Buffalo Sabres team, Detroit and Nashville. I say a surprising Buffalo team. I'm going to be the first to admit, I did not see this struggle coming from the Buffalo Sabres. Of course, they drafted, you know, Jack Eichel, a, a young superstar, and Rasmus Dahlin 
considered one of the best players of all time to come out of the draft. And Rasmus Dahlin has played in 13 games, has four points. If that is not indicative of what this Buffalo Sabres team is this year, I'm not sure what is. They are getting scoring from nobody. They they cannot find a scoring rhythm. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Their leading point getter is Victor Olofsson. He has 12. He's tied with Eichel with 12. Taylor Hall, another guy. Taylor Hall, a player who everybody was fighting over this offseason free agency. Taylor Hall, we know this guy could be elite. Not only he can be elite, he is elite. He has 572 points in his 640 game career. He is a fun- he was dominant over in New Jersey. He was great in Edmonton. He has not been quite the same in Buffalo thus far. Just one goal this year in 13 games played. He is lucky he has eight assists because he has just been ich all year. He has a plus-minus of negative 10, which is really indicative of his play. And following him, you got Sam Reinhardt with 8 points, Rosmus Ristolainen in 6 points, and after that, it just gets bad. 5 points, 4 points. Buffalo cannot score. And actually, i got to give Buffalo's goaltenders a little bit of credit here for what they've been dealt this year. They've, they have been playing their best. Jonas Olmark, he is 3-3 three and three on the season. He has a 2.69 goals against and a 9.07 save percentage. So give him credit. He is trying to do what he can with a roster that is not providing him with much help. But Buffalo, man, they have a lot of work to do. Kyle Ocposo, a guy who is used to scoring at a consistent level, not a 30-goal score, but he scores. He's got no points this year. Casey Middlestat, a young player, only played in two games, has one point this year. Buffalo's got to find a way to get more guys involved, like Jeff Skinner, Cody Eakin, Brandon Montour, guys we know can play at a high level that just aren't right now. So where does Buffalo go from here? Well, I think it's safe to say unless they all of a sudden flip that switch, this is another rebuilding year, right? You finish bottom four in the league, get a top four draft pick, and just continue to move on. I think, I think you have a really good core. I think Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall, Rosmus Dolan are your building points. But where do you go from there? Three guys don't win you a game in the NHL. They don't. The five, six guys on the ice, they're the ones who win you a game. So you got to have more than just three guys. I, I think it's like Edmonton right now. Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, in my opinion, two of the best players in the league, if not the best players in the league right now. But guess what? Edmonton has struggled to field a team around those two, and that's why they're not as dominant as they should be. So Buffalo, again, where do you find players that can help support Taylor Hall, Rasmus Dahlin, Jack Eichel? That's the million-dollar question. For the other three, Ottawa, self-explanatory. They're struggling. They're rebuilding. Matt Murray, the goaltender, has not been great. This is a former two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he has been off like it's bad he has not been the guy everybody anticipated him to be and because of that this Ottawa team is not just bottom four they are dead last in the league I mentioned that big Toronto when I thought hey this can be a big building point but they haven't really built off of it and it's been the same Ottawa team consistently talk about scoring troubles they are at the top of that list of scoring troubles along with the Detroit Red Wings who have been bad this year as well. They are actually only a point behind my Nashville Predators, though, which is not a good sight if you're a Predators fan like me. Detroit, though, has just been like historically bad, too. This is a team we knew coming into the season they were not going to be a top of the league, but they only have one guy with double-digit points, and that is Dylan Larkin with 10. He's played 19 games, 10 points. I'm sorry, that's just flat-out not good enough. Bobby Ryan, second on the team with nine points. He's played in 18 games. Anthony Mantha has nine. Philip Hornick has set nine. And then Bertuzzi has seven. So uh, there's nobody on this roster right now that jumps out as, oh, my gosh, right? They're going to win us a game. I would be hard-pressed to say Detroit it, it doesn't finish last in the league. They're lucky that Ottawa's so bad this year because I think they'd be right there if Ottawa wasn't struggling so much. In fact, I think Detroit's going to finish bottom two, if not bottom of the league. There's no scoring from them. 
the goaltending is atrocious. Thomas Grice, get this, is 1-10 this year. He's a 3.16 goals against and a .891 save percentage. I mean, at some point you got to go, can we move on, please? Right? You have to. Jonathan Bernier has not been much better. He is 3-2 and two in the season, a 3.01 goals against and a .896 save percentage. Look, I could dig into this roster and go on and on about their struggles, but I can't do that. i got to move on. The last team, the National Predators, I'm also not going to talk about them much. I'm going to say one thing. And, of course, Mr. Jim Cartelli was on here last week with me. We talked about the Predators in depth. I'm going to say one thing. They need to blow this roster up. They need, in my opinion, they're going to have to look long and hard about the future of GM David Poyle and head coach John Hines. I think you have to make a couple big business decisions before you really reconstruct this roster. I think you build around Roman Yossi. Is Yossi Saros your future? In my opinion, no. I think you have to find a guy to replace him. Maybe Connor Ingram. Maybe you go out in free agency. There's a lot of heat around Jordan Bennington. He's going to be a free agent. Maybe they deal him off this season. Maybe not. For Nashville, you've got to make a couple big business decisions before you blow this roster up. And when you do that... I think you get back on track. This is a team we know can win. They can be successful in Nashville. They almost moved years ago, but I said, hey, we can win, and we have the fan support behind us, which is very true. I have been to a lot of Predators games, and the fan support is crazy. I just think Nashville's got to find the right guy to lead this team and get a few more pieces in there. And they'll be back to normal. But it's not going to be an overnight fix. It's going to be a three, four-year fix before Nashville's back to that high level they're at. That's my top four and bottom four. Again, four up, four down. Giving you guys a little bit of change of pace here, some new stuff. Real quick thing right now. We're going to do something. It's going to be the hat trick challenge each week. I'm going to ask myself a series of three questions. At the end of each week, I will tally them up, and I will go on the show next week and tell you guys how I did. And at the end of the season, I will tally up my total score. So here we go, hat trick challenge. By the way, if any of you fans have any questions, please don't hesitate. Reach out to me. Give me those questions. I would absolutely love it. You know me. I'm always looking for new content. So if you ever have any questions for my hat trick challenge, please, please send them in, and I will answer them. Here we go. Three questions. First one. Will Tampa Bay and Carolina combine for six goals scored on Monday, February 22nd? I am going to say yes. These are two high-flying offensive teams, two young teams who skate fast, play hard. I think you're going to see a lot of production from a guy like Andre Sveshnikov, Sebastian Ajo. And for the Lightning, I think Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, I think they get involved. I'm going to go and say there are eight goals scored on Monday, the 22nd, between the Pembe Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes. That's number one. Number two, ooh, this is a tough one. <clears throat> Who will score the first goal <clears throat> in the Lake Outdoor Series at Lake Tahoe in Nevada? <clears throat> well, the first game is the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. So I'm going to go on a limb here. I am going to go, hmm, I'm going to say the Vegas Golden Knights get the first goal, and I'm going to say it scored by, you know what, I'm going to go Alex Petrangelo. Petrangelo, a guy who came over from the St. Louis Blues, has not been that good this year. Just four points in 11 games. He was a superstar with that Stanley Cup champion team in St. Louis. I think Petrangelo tallies the first goal of the game in the Lake Tahoe Outdoor Series between them and the Colorado Avalanche. And finally, third, last but not least, how many teams this week will pitch shutouts. Well, considering the fact that goals have been scored like nobody's business this season, I'm going to say three teams pitch a shutout. I'm not sure which teams that will be, but I'm going to say three teams. I think it's a pretty safe bet. I think there's not a lot of shutouts this season that are going to happen. I think the NHL has evolved and there's a lot of goal scoring and they figured these goalies out. But I'll give it three. I think they do squeeze out three. I think there are a few teams who get some good goaltending. I think Toronto's a potential. Maybe you see a surprise in there. Maybe, I don't know, maybe one of those bottom four teams sneaks a shutout in. I don't know. Very slim, but who knows? We'll see. We just have a few minutes here before we wrap the show up this week. But 
I'm going to do some Paves picks real quick, and it's going to be two games, and it's going to be the outdoor series. I'm going to get a couple picks for those games. Of course, the first game between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. My pick, I'm going to go, despite the fact I think Vegas scores the first goal, I'm going to give Colorado the win. I, I think they show out. I think this is a game close to home for both of these teams, but I just think that first line of Colorado, it's so hard to overlook them and pick against them. Miko Ranton and Nathan McKinnon, Gabrielle Landeskog, just three outstanding players. Man, I wish I wish Nashville could get one of those guys. I, I've watched them live, and man, you wonder, wow, if Nashville could have one of those players, the world difference it would make. But I think Colorado wins. I'm going to give them, I think they win 4-1. to one. I think they make a big statement today. Vegas scores the first goal, but Colorado continues and just puts on a downpour and a 4-1 to victory at Lake Tahoe today. Actually, yeah, today. And then tomorrow on Sunday, the Philadelphia Flyers taking on the Boston Bruins, also in the Lake Tahoe Outdoor Series. And this is a tough one. I think this is going to be a great game. I think this is a low-scoring defensive game. I think Philadelphia wins. I'm going to give Philadelphia a 2-1 to one overtime victory. I'm going to say Travis Konechny scores the overtime winner for the Philadelphia Flyers. They get the job done. A 2-1 to one victory at Lake Tahoe. And real quick, we'll do pave in the way with these two games as well. I think it's very I think it's simple for both these teams. I'm going to go first. I'm going to pick pave in the way for the team I think will not win this game and how they should if they're going to. For the Vegas Golden Knights, you got to pave the way. Shut down this first line. It's very simple, right? No, no, no. It's not simple at all. It's easier said than done. You have to limit the offensive production of McKinnon, Landis Cog, and Rantanen. If they do that, they are going to give themselves a valid chance to win this game. Marc-Andre Fleury has been playing at a really high level thus far this season. He had a shutout this past week. I think if he plays well, they're going to have a good chance. But it all starts with defensively, how do you lock down these fast scores? I think if they're going to win this game, you have to shut down that dangerous first line. And for Boston, I think it's the same story. I think it once again starts with Tuka Rask. Philadelphia, is, in my opinion, is not the most high-flying offensive team. They want to beat you with physicality. So for Boston, match that physicality, but also use your speed to your advantage. I know they have some veteran players like Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak, right? Brad Marchand. That does not mean they're not still a fast hockey team. I think they are. I think they have to use that. When you're playing a physical team, how do you how do you counter that? You counter it with speed. Physical teams struggle with speed. So for Boston, use that speed, counter this Philadelphia team, and honestly, quite honestly, for both these teams, Enjoy the view today. I saw some pictures of that Lake Tahoe Resort. It is stunning. I would kill to go out there and watch a game on Lake Tahoe and honestly be able to be a player out there. So for these two teams, take it in, enjoy it. It's going to be a great experience. And for us NHL fans too, we got to enjoy it as well. This is really a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing to watch. With no fans, they can play at any given rank. And that's what they're doing out there at Lake Tahoe. Going to be some great action. And sadly, that brings us to the end of our show this week. One thing before we leave, some Stanley Cup odds each week. I will give you guys the updated odds this week. The Maple Leafs sitting at 1 with a 14.7% chance to make the Stanley Cup. The Florida Panthers sitting at number 2 with 14.5%, followed by the Hurricanes at 14.4%, the Lightning at 14.2%, the Canadians at 123 and the Vegas Golden Knights at 122 Again, this is not the chances to win. This is the odds to make it. So each week I will come on here and give the updated list so we can see the discrepancies week in and week out. But as I said, this has been Pucking Around with Pave. So glad I could be on air with you guys again this Saturday. If you want more me and you want to hear me talk more, you can catch me tomorrow, 10 a.m., start your Sunday with Harrison Vapnik. We break down all of the latest NHL news, actually the NFL news, might I say. I'm getting carried away with myself. All the latest NFL news, updating you guys for the upcoming NFL draft. So again, if you're available and you want to tune in, we'll be live on KCOU 88.1 FM, start your Sunday 
As for me here in the studio, thank you guys for joining me. This has been Pucking Around with Pave on KCOU.FM. Next week, going to look a little bit different. I will not be in Columbia. I will actually be home in Nashville, potentially catching a Predators game. So with that being said, I will be recording a virtual show and posting it on Spotify. You can always catch me on Spotify, Pucking Around with Pave. Thank you guys for joining me. I hope you have a great Saturday. Enjoy the outdoor series. I'm Garrett Pave, and I'll see you next time. This has been Pucking Around with Pave on KCOU.FM. And you listen, Columbia, KCOU 88.1 FM. Hopefully you have a groovy time.